It's the Friday show, and that means there is nothing better. All smiles, all laughs, and a little bit of arguments. I'm Emmanuel Acho. That is NFL Insider on my far left, Dave Hellman. This is the always brilliant Joy Taylor and Philadelphia Eagles, all-time rushing leader, over 15,000 yards in the NFL. My former teammate, LaShawn Shady McCoy. Well, it's playoff time, y'all. That means we got playoff beef. Reigning AFC Championship Bengals enter the playoffs on an eight-game winning streak. Running back Joe Mixon, star running back Joe Mixon, he's feeling confident about Cincinnati's chances, saying, quote, we're the big dogs of the AFC, and everybody knows that. Close quote. Now, that sounds a little crazy saying you're the big dogs of the AFC on face value. That sounds wild. But in reality, I think that's all fact. If you are going to say anybody in the AFC is a big dog, you'd likely say it's the Kansas City Chiefs. That makes a lot of sense practically. But then the Cincinnati Bengals have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs three straight times. Joe Burrow, in fact, fun fact, has never lost to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And not just meaningless regular season games, America. We're talking about in the playoffs with everything on the line, legacies and dollars included, Joe Burrow beat the Chiefs in Kansas City at Arrowhead to go to the Super Bowl. That was no small feat. Coming off one of Patrick Mahomes' best games ever, a duel against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills because Patrick Mahomes and those Chiefs were hot. Remember, they were up by two to three touchdowns in that game. To be the champ, you got to beat the champ. To be a big dog, you got to knock off a big dog. And the Cincinnati Bengals, three, count them up, one, two, three, consecutive times (laughs) have knocked off the Chiefs. So are the Bengals the big dog in the AFC? Absolutely. We can have a conversation of who historically has been the big dog and go back six, five years. But right here, right now, I love what Joe Mixon said, and his comments to five are absolutely fact. Mm. Where do you stand? Fact or fiction? I, I, I like Joe. He, he's, he's fiction. He, he's tripping. Joe, you tripping, bro. Like, what are we talking about here? We talk about some regular season games that you, you beat the Chiefs? The last three seasons, the Chiefs been in the Super Bowl how many times? Twice. Twice. That's the goal. If you beat me in the regular season, cool. Right? You beat me last year in the playoffs, cool. Mm-hmm. The goal was always to win championships. Joe, you always talk about that. It's true. That's the final goal. Mm-hmm. But in, in the beginning of the year, when we're training, you know what that is. We're weight training. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're like, oh, lift weights. <laughs> you're sprinting. You're tired as hell. Coach will talk to you. The fist is going to be the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. That's the goal. That's the mindset. Winning a couple games don't make you the big dog. That make you the big dog. <laughs> Going to the championship, winning games. That's make you. That that makes you a big but dog. They did that though. Like, how, how they do that? They, the they went there and they got lost. Took an L. The last time the Chiefs went there, they took an L. Confetti hit their head. It wasn't their color. Like they lost. What are we talking about? I'm here? saying if I'm a viewer at home and I okay. just listen to what you said. Right. What you said was winning regular season games doesn't matter. Going to the Super Bowl that's is right. what matters. Winning playoff games is what matters. But that's what the Bengals did. They went to the Super Bowl more recently than the Chiefs. You got to. They stopped the Chiefs from getting there. I. Show. Talk to me. Right? Here. You got to win these games. You got to win these championships. Listen, the Chiefs won a chip, right? Three years ago. What? Two years? Three years ago? Three, three years ago. ago. They won a chip three years ago, okay? And, and, and then a year after that, they went right back. This year, they might go right well, back. What happened that, the year after that? See, like you're omitting information. What well, happened the year after that? This is what I'm trying to tell you right here, though. I always look at, like, the, 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 the three to four year span, okay. right? That shows what the team really That's is. Fair. Because in four years, the team will be different, right? Three years, this team's going to be different. Fair. Joe might not be there. Depending on how they, how they cut the money down, he's a running back. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, we look at the Chiefs right now. I'm not going to talk about the Bills because they up and coming. Like, Josh Allen's knocking at that door. Like, hello. I mean, hello. So he's right there. But if you look right now at the Chiefs, in three years, they've been in the championship. They've been in the Super Bowl two right. times. Yeah. They've won one. 
and they might go back this year. Talk, Talk about, about big dog. Come on, man. Fact or fiction, Joy Taylor? Where do you stand on Joe Mixon's comments? Oh. <laughs> That's how I feel, too. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like fiction. But it's like one of those books you're like, this is almost, this is like 1984. Like, it's like almost like too real to be fiction. He's not, he's not wrong. Not wrong. But I feel shady. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, 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 the AFC is the Chiefs. I understand they were just in the Super Bowl. And really, technically, they are still the AFC champions until mm-hmm. someone knocks them off. Oh, no doubt. Or until they're knocked out. So I understand where, he, where he's coming from saying this. Mm-hmm. Now, some thoughts are better being inside thoughts. <laughs> yeah, there you, you know, go. We have inside thoughts and outside thoughts. I don't have a problem if you're talking trash. But more often than not, I would say, particularly when it comes to team sports, talking trash doesn't really go in your favor. You know, if you're, a, you're a boxer, you know, you want to hype the fight up. Like, okay. More sales. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. hate him. And they're hugging afterwards. You know how it is. This is just, this feels like some unnecessary bulletin board material. I don't know that he's wrong entirely, but you're about to go into the, the playoffs. And by the way, this weekend against a team that is still playing with pride. They're hungry. Yeah, they're hungry. Here's my question for you, uh, Joy, and, and to some degree, Shady. I just am tired of hearing your answers. Um, and my question to you, Joy, is this. <laughs> how can we say, like, technically they're the AFC champs? They're the AFC champs in reality. How can we say even, like, he's kind of right if he's never lost to the Chiefs? They were in the Super Bowl last year. They beat the Chiefs. Isn't he, like, in totality right? Like, he's, I don't even see how he's partially wrong. I could see how the Bengals would look at a Chiefs-Bengals conversation and be like, why yeah. do you feel that way? We always beat always. the Chiefs. All- we beat the Chiefs in the regular season. They we don't beat do the that. Chiefs in the- yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> they beat the Chiefs. Sorry. <laughs> they don't know if they beat them like that. We beat the Chiefs in the regular season. We beat them in the postseason. We always beat the Chiefs. So I can see how the Bengals feel that way. Yeah. But I think that the, the Chiefs have more of a resume. We yes. have more evidence yes. that yes. this is what yes. the Chiefs are. Yes, yes. Wait, wait, wait. Are you, are you a dog lover? That's a bad no, question. Are you a dog, dog lover? I like dogs. You a dog I, love, I love dogs. So I'm a dog lover. So I know all type of dogs, right? And what, I, today I was with my dog at the dog park, real uh-huh. quick. That's cute. I saw that. It's, I saw there's, it on 20, your there's, there's like 20 dogs running around, hopping around, yeah. right? But there's one alpha dog. So for a second, yep. so the, the 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 Bengals might think in their head, oh, we beat the Chiefs three times in a row. We we the, the big dog of the AFC. Mm-hmm. But to the whole AFC, if you ask them, in the dog park. All these dogs might have their own little individual battles. There's one dog that walks around and everybody knows, oh, that's the alpha. Sure. And that's the Chiefs. I like that. I like that point. Yeah, I know. You should like that. I like that point. I like that. Is that that your dog? But Dave is my dog. (laughs) Dave, as we transition to you, I do believe there is usually a big dog on every block, a big person on every block. Let's remove that word's dog from it. But that one person who can't be beat does know there's always somebody who got their number. Mm, Justin Gatlin, he couldn't be beat by Americans. Mm. But go to the Olympic stage if you want to. Usain Bolt around the corner. He there for you. So, like, the Chiefs can't be beat by most teams. But the Bengals are around the corner looking, Dave Hellman, where you stand, fact or fiction? This is the epitome of my favorite gif on the internet, which is the Alonzo Mourning gif, where he's like, he's <laughs> all mad, and then he's like, well, okay. <laughs> like, that's what this is. Like, Joe Mixon's right. You think, I mean, like, I love to pull out the stats about what the Chiefs are. I think they're the model for stability. They're the model for dominance in the AFC right now. I love to say they haven't missed the AFC title game since Patrick Mahomes became the starter. Mm -hmm. But do you think Joe Mixon cares about that? 
The NFL is a recency league. Think, think about this. And I love the Chiefs. I picked them to win the Super Bowl, so miss me with that. But the, the Chiefs' Super Bowl title happened before COVID. Like, we had never said that word when the Chiefs last won the Super Bowl. And then when they went back, yeah, that, that did happen. They that got happened. smacked around and by your you Tampa Bay you Buccaneers. You were there. You were there. You did that. And then last year, what happened? the Bengals beat them on their own field in the AFC Championship game. Not the playoffs, but the AFC Championship yeah. game. And then people like us, and I did it too. I had my doubts about the Bengals this year. I absolutely did. did. We're like, oh, flash in the pan, Super Bowl hangover. Are they going to be in as good this year? They won 12 games. They've won eight in a row. They beat the Chiefs this year. A Chiefs team that definitely circled that game on the calendar and emphasized beating them. So, of course, I think the Chiefs are the model for what you want your franchise to be right now. But the Bengals shouldn't be afraid of them. And if Joe Mixon says that, I agree with Joy. I may be. That's why I don't have the competitive edge of an NFL player because I would be – no, why? Because I'm not trying to give a team that's been to the AFC Championship game four years in a row a reason to be even more pissed off than they already are. And I'm sure they are. I believe that, Dave. They're already mad. It's got to it's gotta piss the Chiefs off oh, that they haven't been able to beat the Bengals. You have some on no, your listen, mind. I'm a very high-level trash talker. Mm-hmm. Superior, <laughs> elite. I enjoy it. I did it. But I'm also strategic. Strategic. You sometimes it's better to wait until afterwards. You know, certain people be like, "All right, we'll let you think that," and then afterwards, and yeah, right. you know, right. after, after this will be one of those situations. But I don't have a problem with you talking trash. It just yeah. why it, it, be more to, to me. Why give a great team? By the way, we're not. We're just admitting the Bills because he's also dissing yeah. the Bills. Yeah, but in their mind, the Bills haven't done. Like anything. Sure. Like but the Bills. Bills could also use this as bulletin board material. Sure. In fact, the whole AFC could they use should. this as I mean, bulletin board material. The Bills are who the Bengals would have to play next if they win. Shady, so. you know this because you were that dude in, in, in the NFL for so long. Sometimes you can telegraph your punch, still throw it, and still land. If you that nice, you could have told defenders, hey, I'm about to run an option route on you. I ain't going to be able to stop it. Yeah, but I like, know what's coming, I, I, but you, if you're that nice, you can't be stopped. I don't think the Bengals are that. I, I think the Bengals are a good team. I don't think they're just automatically that's the favorite to be doing that. Now, if the Chiefs was talking like that, I would feel better about that. Okay. Got the coach to do it. Got the quarterback to do it. Got the players to do it. You won championships. You've been right back. Yeah. So let's say if, if, if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl this year, mm-hmm. that'd be three and four years. That's like almost dynasty type of talk. Mm-hmm. So I can see them doing that. I, I can't see Joe and I can't see the Bengals talking heavy Here's like that. Here's my question. Shady was the one on the desk. I got to see all four of us. I got to see all four of us. We don't need the highlights. We don't need the highlights. Shady was the one on the desk who initially doubted the Bengals before the season. Is this where this comes from? Because, like, no, 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 you, I respect them now, though. Yeah, why don't you view the Bengals as equals to the Chiefs? Because what happened in 2019, Shady, is a long time ago. In the last three years, they've both been to Super Bowls, they've both been to AFC Championship games, and they both won 12 and, I believe, 13 games a season. Like, they are the same team in it's, the last three years. It's crazy how you're trying to make them eagle. That's what it sounds like. They are. Oh. Right here, right now, no, they no, are equal. Like the, the Chiefs have the number one seed in the AFC. Correct. That don't, I mean, that happens. That, that don't Mahomes just happen. Patrick Mahomes is a Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl winner, and a league MVP. How you going to run it? Hold it up. So three years, first of all, that's three years. Is like, that's like the span. Three years. We, we do. Yeah. Everybody does that. We're all sports. Three years. Yes, sir. So you're telling me in three years we won the two championships when we won one? Like, that, that's – how are we on the same playing field? In three years, I'm, the Chiefs haven't won one in the last three years. They won it the – oh, I'm counting this I'm counting, yeah. counting this season. Don't hate. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that Mahomes, that Burrow's equal to Mahomes. I'm saying if you look at the last 
thousand days. Okay, better. You got one Super Bowl that the Chiefs have been to, they've lost. One Super Bowl that the Bengals have been to, they've lost. One team won 13 games this year, I believe one team won 12 games this year, and the Bengals didn't get to play in one game, obviously, because that's, of the case, It's the reason why everybody always has the Chiefs' favorite to win championships. Every year. Every year. Right? Can so, you at least – like, I agree with you. I mean, again, the Chiefs are the model. Like, everybody wants to be the Chiefs right now. Like, yeah, every single franchise. But not but the Bengals. Why should the Bengals be intimidated or not afraid? Well, no team should be intimidated. Dave okay. Hellman? Okay. Okay. Jerry, you know that, no but team. you know some teams are, though. You know some I mean, teams nah, are. I mean, we lost to Brady every year. We weren't intimidated. We might know the outcome. We wasn't intimidated. All I'm saying Same is difference. that if, if, if the AFC, all the AFC teams, right, they, if they're looking at this, they're like, huh? It's the Chiefs. They know it's the Chiefs. I'm not saying the team. The, the, the Bengals should feel how they feel. Yep. But if you look at all the AFC teams, like, you know who the big dog is. Stop playing. Okay, let me ask you this. Right? But do you think the Bengals, the, the Chiefs feel that way? In the sense that the Chiefs no. know, like the no. Chiefs have lost to the Bengals three straight times. So they're not sitting there walking into the stadium like, Joe, we own you, because that's objectively false. No. I mean, the, the Chiefs know how good they are. Uh, and also, but they also know how good the Bengals are. I doubt the, the Chiefs are worried about the Bengals. He knows that. Even I mean, even with even oh, losing three games, like I, well, man, I doubt the, the Chiefs playoffs. are worried. They about got it. the big, big, big dogs. Big dog quarterback. <laughs> big dog coach. Big dog tight end. If we talking big dog talk, big dog resume. They got the real big dogs, like the like 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 the, like the pit bulls, expel, uh, the rock wilds, and all of them. If we keeping it real. Come on, don't don't don't, because you get me upset because you, you disrespecting <laughs> some. Like I hate when people disrespect. Them guys. And they them guys. Joe is nice. Both Joes is nice. And Jamar. But, but the light-skinned Joe should say, yo, Joe, take it easy. Like, you getting, you know what I mean? You talking way too much right now. Take it easy. Come on. Come on, Joe Seisty. <laughs> Tell him. He did call Joe Burrow light-skinned. Coming up, Lamar Jackson. He's officially out this weekend, and we are currently witnessing something we rarely ever witness in pro sports. A unanimous MVP franchise quarterback at odds with the organization. We're witnessing it before our eyes. We got to give you our thoughts. It is chaos right now in Baltimore. That's next. That checkbook out, man. Pay that guy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm not going to lie, I love this show. I really do. But I do not love what is going on in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson officially out this weekend. Remember yesterday, we heard from the quarterback himself. It's very rare, but he said, I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatment on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we still have a chance. A couple hard emojis. Well, head coach, he had some responses to that earlier today. Y'all take a listen. Now, we saw Lamar put out a tweet yesterday about his injury. Did you did you know he was going to do that, or did you kind of find out when we did? Uh, no, I didn't know anything about that. Uh, I haven't paid much attention to it. My job and what I'm excited about and what I'm thinking about right now is Sunday. 
is starting to get a little contentious. Again, this is professional contention, not what y'all see on Twitter, people chirping at people. Remember, let's go back a little bit. John Harbaugh was asked about Lamar Jackson earlier in the week, and he said, I'm focused on our guys, disregarding Lamar Jackson as one of his guys. Lamar Jackson, people were questioning, is he healthy or is he not? He takes to Twitter, which I definitely respect, and clears the air. A grade two PCL strain, borderline grade three. That is a tear of a ligament on the back of the kneecap. Now, Harbaugh, what you just heard is responding and simply saying, I got to worry about the game. Well, I am worried about the Baltimore Ravens. I am extremely concerned for this specific reason. What Lamar Jackson wants, the Ravens should not give. And the Ravens and Lamar Jackson should not accept what the Ravens are willing to give. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed contract. He was offered $133 million at signing, but he wants a fully guaranteed contract. Ravens shouldn't give that to him because no NFL team really should give fully guaranteed contracts in excess of $150 million. It's just not a wise and fiscally responsible business decision. But if you're Lamar Jackson and you saw Deshaun Watson get $230 million fully guaranteed and you're a unanimous MVP, then you definitely should get that money in your mind and you should accept nothing less. But, Joy, here's why I am truly concerned. It dawned on me today. What did Deshaun Watson have to do on the field to get that fully guaranteed deal that I don't think anybody's talking about and I don't think Lamar Jackson has realized? Deshaun Watson did not get that money from the Carolina Panthers, who were in the running. He didn't get it from the Saints. Mm, yeah. He didn't get it from the Falcons. He had to go to a dearth franchise as it pertains to winning to get that money. Deshaun Watson had to go to a franchise that had won one playoff game in 25 years. He had to go to a franchise that had been to two playoff games in 25 years. Deshaun didn't get that money from the Texans. He didn't even get that money from the Falcons or the Panthers or the Saints. Remember what it took for Deshaun to get that money. So, Lamar, I just want to remind you, if you want to get that 250, don't think you're just going to be able to sit at home and get it because even Deshaun couldn't sit at home and get it, nor did he want to be there. I'm only talking about on the field. So for that reason, Joy, I'm incredibly worried and concerned about this situation. What's your level of concern for Lamar Jackson's future with the Ravens? It's starting to get a little... A little tension. We can feel the tension at least. We can, absolutely. Yes. I can admit that. It's in the air. It's in the air. Like people are getting a little, little more tight-lipped, mm -hmm. a little more shorter with the answers. Yep. yep. A little Talk more snarky, it. a little more direct. Now look, none of that matters once it signs and everybody's back on the field and oh, we're all going to be friends and hugs mm -hmm. again. Yeah. But this is why these contract negotiations get this way. I'm uh, once again coming to your side. I think Lamar probably should have been a little more difficult at the beginning of the season. Sorry, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> you're right, you're right. I mean, he, he should have been more difficult at the beginning of the season. It's fine. We all know what the theatrics of trying to get your contract done are. Kyler Murray did it. People yeah. were mad at him. You think Kyler Murray gives a damn that people were talking about his contract? He's chilling. Mm -hmm. He's hurt of, now, and he's money. got a lot of money guaranteed. Of, and the coach is not fired, and he's going to be there next year. A lot of Call of Duty. A lot of it. I'm saying, like, he got the check. He mm -hmm. won in the end. So he, Lamar probably should have been more difficult. Now I think things are going to get a little spicier next year. I believe that Lamar will be there one way or the other. Because if they franchise tag him and they don't bend on it, I think eventually he'll play because that's $45 million guaranteed that he's going to get. And then maybe the year after that, things start to fall apart. But this is a lot of tension. It's weird. Lamar had to come out and be very descriptive about his – his injury, mm -hmm. why the Ravens wouldn't have just stressed how serious it was from the beginning is strange to me. Like, point. you don't need – we didn't need those details if the Ravens were like, Lamar is likely not going to be out there. He is extremely injured. 
We don't want to get into the details of it, but he's probably not going to play for the rest of the season. You don't have to go officially. Lamar had to come out and say that, which is a little strange. That is strange, yeah. yeah. Everyone's being very vague with everything. That's how you know, to me, that there's tension there. I think he'll be there, but I think things are going to get very contentious now. And it's weird because, like, if you heard he, um, Harbaugh said he'll be day-to-day, a week-to-week. Mm-hmm. Right. So you say week-to-week, then the doctors must have told you that. Correct. And then Lamar is saying, well, look, man, I'm, I'm still swollen information. I can't play. That's where I've seen, it. oh, okay, there's something going on there. But my, my concerns level for Lamar uh, in, in their future with, with the Ravens, I, I think it's high in the sense that I think they'll work a deal out. They have to. Very rarely you see the franchise quarterback or a franchise player that doesn't get his second contract. Maybe the third can be tough, right? But then the quarterbacks, they kind of get it done. But your second, your second deal should definitely get done with the team that drafted you. You never want, like, for example, the best players never really hit the market. Think about it. Like, why would I, I draft this kid? We know him well. He has, he's done great for us. The fans love him. Why would we let him, why would, why would we let him go to the, to the, to the market? So that never really happens. I think that it's always like this crazy when you want to deal. They always find some way not to pay you the money you want. I'm not sure if he'll get a $200 million guaranteed fully. He probably won't. I think that the 230 that Deshaun got was, was extreme, and most teams probably won't do that. And the way he's playing, it's like, ah. But, and it was a desperate team. I think the Ravens, they have to sign him just because the city loves this, the fans love this. Owners love money. Mm-hmm. When you come into the Ravens game, you know who you coming to see. I mean, you're not coming to see uh, Mark Andrews, the tight end. You're coming to see Lamar Jackson, right? So they got to find a way to get this deal done. What's fascinating, Dave, I think knowing what Shady just said is why the Ravens have been so intentional about trying to find defensive stars. The All-Pro team just came out earlier today. Guess who's on it? Linebacker Roquan Smith, who the Baltimore Ravens traded for in the middle of the season. What are the Ravens historically known for? Not Trent Dilfer, not Joe Flacco. They're historically known for Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. I'm not saying Roquan Smith is going to be that guy. He's really good, though. But he's a first-team All-Pro. Dave Hellman, where do you stand? You worried about this? I'm actually – I'm not. I'm not. And the reason why – like, it's starting to feel familiar now. And it could get there. I I just need to see a lot more before I'm worried because now I'm actually – it's uncomfortable in Baltimore – but I feel comfortable because we're following the playbook now. Like, we're into the quarterback contract playbook that we all know so well. Like, this is what happens. Joy said it. Kyler did it last year, scrubbing his Instagram, put out that weird note that looked like it was written by a kidnapper or something. Yeah, like, this is what happens. The one, the one thing, the one variable that I think is really interesting is we've never seen it from a guy who represents himself. Yeah. Like, Lamar Jackson has the potential, and I think he will, come out and address some of this stuff on his own. Like, he's done it throughout this season, you know, responding to people and say, no, they didn't offer me that. He came out and gave us his own statement on his injury. So I think that's a little bit different. Usually, this is what your agent does, right? Like, your agent feeds things to reporters, your side of the story, and ownership feeds their side of the story. And we go back and forth, and Lamar gets tagged, and he doesn't want to sign it, but then he signs it in July because it's $45 million, and he winds up playing because, as far as I'm aware, only one man in history, Le'Veon Bell, has not played on the tag. Because at the end of the day, that's $2-plus million hitting your bank account every Tuesday afternoon. I've never, I've never met somebody who could turn that down. So I'm not worried because I've seen these motions. And like Shady said, when the deal gets signed, everybody's happy. You're up on the podium together. This, he's always been our guy. It's just hard to yep, find a that's number. How they do you it. Know, like, we do this all the time. So I'm not worried because 
this is what happens in these major negotiations. I got to see a lot more before I think it's any different. This is a fascinating conversation we will revisit later in the show. What's so unique to this shady day of joy is the fact that we've never seen somebody without an agent of Lamar Jackson's true. caliber. That's true. Remember last year, Kyler Murray's agent is the one who put out the statement after he wiped everything off his social media. And he said, Kyler wants to be direct, lo- direct with loyal Arizona Cardinals fans and the great community of the Valley and stating the two very important goals and objectives. He wants to be your long-term quarterback. He desperately wants to win a Super Bowl. That was from his agent. Everything we're hearing right now is from Lamar. We'll see how it shakes out. But coming up, another young stud at quarterback, Justin Herbert. He's making his playoff debut. Some people are big fans. Some people not so much. But what will he prove tomorrow? He can change up all perceptions. Next on Speed. Time for us to check in on our oh-so-favorite social life. The Chargers will be without star receiver Mike Williams, downgraded to out with a back injury. There have been several different reports of the scale of the injury, but here's what we know. He's out, and it's an injury. Now, for a crazy context, the Chargers are 4-0 when Mike Williams and Keenan Allen play this season. They are 6-7 when you only have one of them. Mike Williams being out, that matters, particularly to y'all placing bets. With that being said, Joy, Dave, actually, Dave, go first. You're giving me a look. Only comment on what do you feel about the injury? It was a meaningless game he played in. Talk to me. They had the... They had the five seed. I mean, like, technically they could have lost it if the Ravens beat the Bengals, but we knew that wasn't going to happen. Lamar Jackson hasn't played in a month. Like, uh, you know, Brandon Staley gave an impassioned answer about you can't do that when you don't have 90 guys. Yeah, you can. You can. You You got five, six receivers on your team. Even if you, I mean, you can find a way to make it work in a game where you don't really have anything to gain. This, it didn't need to happen. Shady, if you are Mike Williams, would you be upset right now knowing you got hurt in what is relatively a meaningless game? Um, I would be so pissed off. And Coach Staley, I, I love him, though. I, I, like, I like how um, determined he is, right? He take, he's, he's gutsy. Fourth down, he's going to go for it. But come on. Like, you have nothing to gain by playing your star players. That was crazy. Now, right, you, you, your quarterback, who's supposed to be so good, which I think he is, has a high ceiling, he has to eventually, you know, meet. Yep. You, you, you make it hard for him. Like you just talked about, they're 4-0 when Mike and, and Keelan Allen is playing, like, you want your best guys to go to war when it's time. It's the playoffs. <laughs> you lose, you go home. There's no tomorrow. So why not go to war with your best guys? Now you can't do that because you wanted to play. And then my thing was like, who? I never heard a coach say that. Well, there's not enough players. Like, what are we talking about? That was crazy. I'm lost for words because I played a game and I and like I know that feeling. Like, like you don't want to go out there and risk everything for a team that doesn't matter. And again, but you want to risk everything in the playoffs. Right. Shoulder, neck, whatever it is, I'm out there. It's the playoffs. And they haven't been in, what, 13, 14 seasons? Oh, wow. Yeah, what five. are we talking about? Uh, yeah, I think five yeah. seasons. I was, five, about, six, I, was about, yeah. I was talking about a win. Oh, win. Yeah, yeah. Five, yeah. Wow. I was talking about a win. Well, the person who's going to help them win is Justin Herbert. He has a lot on the line going into this game. That's Remember, crazy. Justin Herbert statistically has done things we have not yet seen quarterbacks do at such a young age. But, Joy, <clears throat> there are still skeptics, not of his talent, but there are skeptics of his greatness. What can Justin Herbert prove tomorrow? I think he can prove that he's really arrived. The numbers say he's elite. We can all see how talented he is. We know he's the future of the franchise. We know what he brings to the table. But you're in the postseason now, so now you got to deliver. And that, I think, is the next step that he can take. I-, I do think there will be not some questions about how talented he is or where he can go or any of that, but 
it'll be another season of, okay, you're in this level right. and your peers are up. There's some peers that are up here. I don't think he has yet to reach the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow stage. If he gets a playoff win, he'll be right in there and yeah. the rest is history. We're, we're going from there. That's the difference to me between those guys. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen the wins yet. We know he's capable. We know the talent's there. We know the numbers are there. Now's, now's your opportunity to go and take the next step in your resume. I'm with you. If, if Justin Herbert wins a playoff game and thus playoff games, he will prove that he is who everybody says he is. See, I've been sitting outside looking at the cloud in the distance, and I don't believe it's a rain cloud. But everybody's telling me, yo, it's about to rain. Justin Herbert, it's about to rain his greatness. And I'm looking like, I don't see it. And everybody, it's about to rain. If he wins a playoff game, uh, whoop, your glasses, you can't say you can't yeah, see no, it. If he, if he, you're going to wind up in the next hype video. You better be he, careful. Yeah, yeah, right. If he wins a playoff <laughs> game, Nation. that will be that first drop of rain of like, oh, okay, here, the storm here might it comes. be coming. Yeah. Yeah. Now that doesn't necessarily mean the storm is coming because yeah. you can win a playoff game and get bounced and not go back. But if Justin Herbert wins a playoff game, all of a sudden I'm like. Oh, nah, the storm is coming. I have never been a doubter of Justin Herbert's talent. What I have doubted is his ability to make that talent mean anything, his ability to make that talent translate. But in the event he makes that talent translate, ain't no doubting, ain't no skeptics. He is who they say he is. Can I offer a rebuttal? Please. And I, I agree with you to a degree. Like, he's so impressive physically and so fun to watch. I think, you know, some of the plays he makes overshadow the reality of the games or the record. Like, I mean, that was the point you were always trying to make. And I think there's at least some validity to that. Now, the rebuttal is Justin Herbert has checked the box pretty much every year he's been in the league. Rookie, he wins rookie of the year. They have a better record than when they drafted him. Not a winning record, but a better record. Year two, they have a winning record. They don't make the playoffs. Year three, playoffs. they have made the playoffs with a better record. Technically, he's right on schedule with what you want. Now, it doesn't compare favorably when one of your classmates is going right. to a Super Bowl like Joe Burrow, but Justin Herbert has made the Chargers franchise better every year that he's been there. Yeah. So winning a playoff game, he doesn't even really need to. Like, just by getting him to the playoffs, he's checked that box. Now it's just about how much capital can you gain? Like, can you win a playoff game? And keep this in mind, too. I don't want to get ahead of myself because this is, I mean, I think this is, if, th if this isn't the most tightly contested game of the weekend, then it's Cowboys-Bucks. Like, those are the two. I'm not trying to say the Chargers are definitely going to win, but if they do, they're probably playing the Chiefs, and that's actually a team that they've fared pretty well against. Yeah, that would be a good game. They yes. take them to the wire most of the time. Five of their six games since Herbert got there have been decided by less than seven points. Mm -hmm. So if he can win this game, he's at least got a shot to make some serious noise in the next round. So, yeah, I think this is huge for him in terms of production matching talent. Here is how I would rebuttal your rebuttal as I transition to Shady. It's, for me, I am not comparing Justin Herbert to a sheet of paper. I'm comparing Justin Herbert, Shady, to his peers. Yeah. See, years ago, what Justin Herbert would have done as far as getting your team a little bit better every year would be much more significant than it is now. You lose the luxury of time. Because yeah. think about what Joe Burrow did in year two. Mm -hmm. Think about what Jalen Hurts, second team All-Pro, by the way. Yeah, that's big. Same draft class as uh, Justin Herbert. Think about what Jalen Hurts has done in year three. Yeah, Think about what Lamar Jackson did in year one. Yeah. Think about what Kyler Murray did, the exact same thing as Justin Herbert. Team got better every year, went to the playoffs. Think about what Kyler Murray did. Shady, Justin Herbert has a lot on the line. What can he prove tomorrow? Yeah, I, I don't go into all the details. I go into just who he is, not the other players. I think he, he, could, he could really 
I think, expand his resume, right? Like Dave talked about, like he's done a lot of good things. Look at the stats he's done, and he's got better and better. So I look at him each year, and this year he's getting better and better. Now you're in the playoffs. One thing I learned on this show from Joy was teaching me more just like wins matter. No, I mean, I'm saying that I had to leave, like, you know, go home. I didn't tell y'all this. I went home. I'm like, yeah, that, that does make sense. Like, you can be a bad mother, right? And I love to think that I was a bad mother. And I had stats. But as a quarterback, that's good, too. But you got to win. You got to win. Like, and, and Joe Burrow did go to the Super Bowl. Even though they took an L, right? He went there. So I think that the, 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 the closer he gets to that, continue to put them stats out and also win games and win games and get closer to that, that goal, the Super Bowl, that's what he's shooting for. If he can extend that type of resume he got, because he got a great start. He does. Right? And you talk about Hurts, like where, where he started at to where he is now. Like you, those are stepping stones, man, that, that, you, that you can't get back. Those are experiences that you can never get back. So I love that move for him. Joy, how much is Justin Herbert not just being compared to the statistics, but how much are you faring? Like if he does not win, now you got to look at guys like Jalen Hurts who now will be in two playoff games, clearly. He's going to host one. Likely will win the first one at a minimum. You look at guys like Joe Burrow, even if he loses tomorrow or on Sunday, he still has a winning playoff record. Is Justin Herbert competing against the peers, or is he competing against history? Like, where do you really stand in regards to that? I mean, I think you're, you're competing against history at the end of your career. Once we know what your entire resume is, then we can judge you against history. And thank you, by the way, Shady. That was very kind. <laughs> He's, you compare to your peers. When you're playing. That's just what it is. When, when you guys are playing, you're, you're competing for roster spots. Mm-hmm. You're competing for contracts. You're competing for wins, and you're competing against your peers. That's, that's just how you're measured, and it's how you should be measured. We're measured against our peers. That's why we get ratings. Like, you're measured against who you're competing against in that moment. And I, I particularly like to look at the draft class if you have other big names in that class with you at your position, and particularly this draft class, you do. We have an, an incredible draft class to evaluate against each other. I don't know that it's whatever happens with Jalen, unless Jalen goes on to win a Super Bowl, that it will be, you know, a huge divide if he doesn't win this weekend. It's just us measuring. Like, you, you, you build your resume every single year. And so what right. have you done for me lately, mm-hmm. League? And you build your resume every single year. He is on track. Every year, the team has gotten better. Now they're in the playoffs. That's, that's building blocks. And we need to be more patient with young quarterbacks to begin with. The problem is... Joe Shiesty came in here and right. said, it's, we taking the Cincinnati right. Bengals to the like Super Bowl. That. So it reset the clock on everybody. Right. And I don't know if it's fair. I don't want to talk about fair. It is what it is. He mm. did it. And right now, you can't deny that. And they're back again. So I, you have to be compared to your peers. That, that's what the windows are. The, the windows that Joe talked about real quick. Like, that's why I don't like to do that. I like to give him the window. What's your career span? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So now, if they're, these guys are still going to be the franchise guys in their careers five years later, six years later, you still can add on to it. Just, just Herbert could get hot. Mm-hmm. Have two, three years where he's rolling. You never know how this thing unfolds. Shady, I guess here's my concern is back in the day, quarterbacks were like Bunsen burners, okay. right? A long time to cook. Peyton Manning, I don't think, went to his first Super Bowl until nine years in. Come on like, now. They didn't hit the ground running. Right. Right. That's not the same anymore. So I can't, I can't say come on why, now. Why the same? Because Patrick Mahomes in his first year as a starter was an MVP, and his second year was in the Super Bowl and won it. Lamar Jackson in his second year, first year as a full-time starter, was unanimous MVP. Okay. Joe Burrow in his second year went to a Super Bowl. Right, right. Taylor Hurst in his second year as a starter was a second-team All-Pro. Okay. So right now, quarterbacks are great. But, but you're saying that, right? Mm-hmm. But if, if none of them guys win any more championships, right, then what? That's why I'm saying it's your, it's your career. It's, it's the windows open until you're done. We're about to – I'm, I'm going to take this into the weeds, and I apologize, but it's fascinating to think. Like, Take us home, Dave. You're Peyton Mannings, <laughs> you're, you're Tom Brady's, you're Aaron Rodgers. Like, 
we're the, the, we're seeing the end of the careers of the guys from before the last CBA, like the CBA that changed everything, okay, okay, right? right? And so, like before rookie pay scale and all that stuff, like everything about the structure of the league. Those guys are finally start like they're leaving the league, and like we now have a new generation of guys. You know, we can sit here and everybody loves that stat. Joy used it a few days ago. Like, if your quarterback accounts for more than twelve point four percent of your salary, you're not winning a Super Bowl. So, what does that mean? Like, does that mean that only guys in their first three or four years are going to win Super Bowls from here on out, or are we going to start seeing these guys? Like, you know, is is Patrick Mahomes going to be able to carry the Chiefs to more Super Bowls after his salary gets big? Josh Allen is going to face the same problem. I, I think it's interesting because it's a new era of the NFL. Like we keep talking about these young guns and we just don't have enough information on how they're going mm. to play in the latter stage yeah, of their career. Right. It's yeah. going to be interesting. I guess what's so fascinating to me is young, that. young quarterbacks, <laughs> young quarterbacks are better now than they've ever been. And they're better sooner. That's what, that's what's really that's true. Me, but they're yeah, playing, playing a lot sooner. Yeah. Yes. They're yeah, playing they play sooner, sooner. They're better sooner. And I actually think there's a lot more symbiosis between the college game and pro game now than there ever had been prior as far as run, gun, RPOs, and all that jazz. Herbert, I'm not going to say if you don't win now, you're not. But it, but it is very convenient for you to beat a Jags team in Jacksonville with a second-year Trevor Lawrence. Like, get it done. I don't think it gets easier than this. It, it, like, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say is, yeah. like, Get it done while it's easy because it only gets tougher from here. Well, the Vikings, they don't know anything about easy because they won 13 games a season, but just about all of them were close. Can we really trust them to beat the Giants? Like, really, really? That's next on Speed. Daniel Jones, quarterback for the New York Giants, had a phenomenal season. 22 touchdowns total, only five interceptions. Brian Dable, however, is a first-time head coach and helped lead that team to the playoffs for the first time since 2016, both making their playoff debut against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are the most intriguing team in the National Football League. They won three of their final four games heading into the playoffs, including on Christmas Eve when they won against the New York Giants. They're currently favored by only three points, according to Fox Bet Sports Book. That should be telling in and of itself. A 13-win team, a 9-win team. The 13-win team at home, only favored by three. Typically, you get a three-point margin when you have a home game. So what Vegas is saying is it's a toss-up. Now, the Minnesota Vikings had 13 wins a season, but only had a plus three-point differential, if I am not mistaken. Minus, Minus, Minus. three-point mm. differential, even though they won 13 games. Hard to trust them. Dave Hellman, do you trust the Vikings? You know what the Giants' point differential is? Minus six? Minus it's six. three points difference. Like, that's the funny thing. The answer is no. The answer is no. I, how, how can I trust the Vikings? Like, they're the craziest team I've ever watched. Like, they've put together a handful of really great performances. They've beaten the Bills. They beat the Packers at the start of the season. Like, they've got some nice wins. They won their division handily. They got a minus three-point differential. And they've gotten smacked around by more people than I can keep track of. Philly, Dallas. They went down by 30 to Indianapolis. Cool, you won. But there, it is alarming that you could even fall behind, what, 33 to nothing to yeah, that was Indianapolis yeah. that team? That was almost with, a bad day for me. Oh, my and gosh. So, no, I mean, look, I, I don't trust them. I'm sorry. Like, th I think this is a case where this looks like a mismatch because you see three seed versus six seed and 13 wins versus nine wins. 
It, the Vikings needed a walk-off field goal to beat these guys. We, we just saw this, by the way. This happened on Christmas Eve, right? Walk-off field goal. That was the difference last time. Point differentials even. The Vikings don't defend the run very well. The Giants run the ball very, very well. Yeah. I don't trust the Vikings at all. I, like, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if the Giants win this game. That's all I'm trying to say. Let me. Yeah, who'd you I, pick? I picked the Giants. I just, look at, okay. I'm not mad at it. It's no matter what. Yeah. The, I'm, I've done this long enough to know. Like, even as easy as all this looks, it's very hey, rare. It's very rare to see every game go chalk. Yeah. yeah right? Absolutely. So, if, the, if an upset's coming from somewhere, this is the game that I've got, sir. Let me add some context to you at home. The Minnesota Vikings won 13 games this year, 13 yep. and 4. 13, yep. The San Francisco 49ers won 13 games this year, 13 and 4. So, San Francisco 49ers point differential plus 173, <laughs> meaning all 17 games. They won collectively on uh, collectively by 173, and the Vikings lost by three. That's just so you can understand is, what are we we've even never, saying. We've never seen this. We've never seen a team with this many wins and such a bad point differential. Yes. So many, like, like, regrettable, embarrassing losses for a team with so many wins. It's crazy. Joy, break it down. Do you trust the Vikings? No, I don't trust the Vikings. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't, I don't have the guts to pick the Giants. I don't know if it's guts. I, 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 yeah, I don't know if it's guts. I shouldn't say that. Because this is an even game. But that's, that should tell you why you shouldn't trust the Vikings. I'm going to pick the Vikings, but if they embarrass me, uh, I won't be surprised. And I don't even know if it would be an embarrassment. That's how everybody feels <laughs> on both because sides here, of this game. Here's the problem. Like, the Giants, when you look at the roster and you look at the Vikings roster and you go down player for player, this should be, should be no wash, contest. A, 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 yeah, an easy game for the Vikings. It should be right. no contest, yeah. And that's with respect to everything the Giants have done. The Vikings have more talent. Yep. Kirk Cousins is better than Daniel Jones. Yep. They have Justin Jefferson. You yep. can go down, on and on and on yep. and on. They're both new coaches. This should really – I think it's going to be very close and very dramatic for Vikings fans. I don't trust them. As usual. Shady, <laughs> let me ask you then maybe the more interesting question, which you have some details too. Because we know the Vikings are significantly better based on the roster. When you go down, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Patrick Peterson, five interceptions this year. He's been balling. Balling. Harrison Smith is just steady Eddie. How in the world are the Giants so competitive against the Vikings? If the Vikings have all that talent, what is it? You played 12 years. I I, I, got to go with um, Brian Dayball, right? This Giants team is the same team, added maybe one or two pieces. But they're they're well coached now. But the years before, they couldn't win any games. Not in the playoffs. They run the ball extremely well. They're a disciplined uh, group, and and their quarterback. As much as we want to, you know, come at Danny Dimes, he's playing ball. He's protecting the football. We have a, when your team is not overly talented, you got to be disciplined. Disciplined, not turning the ball over, getting turnovers. They do that, and they run the ball very well. Saquon Barkley, he is back. Like, hello, I'm back. <laughs> he's balling out. So. You take our best player, who's Shaquan Barkley, is probably a top-five talent yeah, in the league. Absolutely. Right, healthy, he's running the show now. Danny Dons protecting the ball, making plays, defense, getting some sacks, showing up, stopping the run. Let's, let's not forget here, the Vikings is, what, 28th and, and, and uh, against the run, stopping the run, and, and that's all that the Giants that's do. Strange, so yeah. if I had to take a team, and I love Brian Dayball, I, I'm going to go with the Vikings, just because they're 8-1, they're and one, have the best home um, record, yep. you know, this year out of any team. They're battle-tested. I think it'll be a close game. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. You won two Super Bowls. For the viewers at home that aren't familiar, won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl with the Bucks. But you went to the playoffs several other times. We went together in Philadelphia, and we got bounced one and done against the Saints. You've been on playoff teams that won, playoff teams that have lost. Yeah. Break this down for me. How much does it finally matter in the playoffs to have players? You speak of Dayball. 
But in my experience, the playoffs, coaching is great. Congratulations. You need some dudes that can go. You had them. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, yeah, yeah. Antonio Brown, Gronk. How much does coaching matter come playoffs versus you just got to have Justin Jefferson's out there? Yeah, that's, that's, man, that's, that's a great question because I've been on both sides of that where the coaching really mattered. The coach's job, right, and this is what Chip Kelly couldn't do. The coach's job is to get the players in position to make plays. Listen, I know you're a great player. It's my job to get you out there and put you in the best situation to win. And there's other times where the players, right, they got to go out and just be a dog. I'll, look, you called a bad call, but we're, you're so good of a player like Jefferson, mm-hmm. right? You might have called a bad call against a, a certain uh, coverage. It don't matter. I'm just that much better. I'm going to catch this ball and win mm-hmm. games for you. So sometimes where the coaches kind of help win games for you, even though it is the players, and then sometimes it's players is being better than players. I think this is going to be a really interesting weekend for that debate, coaching versus players, because you realize – all six games are rematches from the regular season. Mm-hmm. All of them, oh. including this, obviously. It came down to a field goal. So you got tape, and you've got tape of them against you. What can your coaching staff do to offset what happened last time? I think it's going to be fascinating. Joy, Kirk Cousins, that's really the person who everybody will talk about whether they win or they lose. He's a quarterback. We came into the draft together, so he has to be going on year 11, if I'm not mistaken. But he's 1-3 in, in the playoffs. What does he need to show you tomorrow on Saturday when they play that game? What does he need to show you to really cement something in your mind that he isn't who we thought he is or he might be better than we thought? He's got to win. They got to win. The Vikings should win this game. They They have more talent. They're at home. Kirk Cousins is more established, has more experience than Daniel Jones, particularly in the playoffs. They should win. And he can't do a Kirk Cousins thing. He can't do that thing he does. <laughs> oh, part thing? Wait, what thing that is thing, this? You know what I'm talking about. That Kirk Cousins thing he does. What is it? The opposite of you like that. When he does that <laughs> thing. When he does that thing. More, when, when, more when chains people, Kirk and pe- less interceptions Kirk. People are tweeting that video for the wrong reasons. That, that Kirk Cousins. I, I don't think we'll see that. I'm hoping we don't see that. I think this is going to be a really competitive game. I think the Vikings will win, but... I think this is this is one of the great games we have this weekend. Last year, it was two four-seeds that went to the Super Bowl, Dave Hellman, if I'm not mistaken. Sure was. Two four-seeds went to the Super Bowl. Vikings are a three-seed. Yep. If we're being honest, if, as long as I'm not tripping, I'm doing this off the top of my head, there's Tom Brady, but all the other NFC quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins is the most experienced, and you could argue in the totality of his career, he's just as talented as anybody else. You could argue, right? Dak Prescott, you could say he's just as talented. Geno Smith, you could say he's just as talented. Jalen Hurts is more talented, but Jalen Hurts is young. Jalen Hurts is dealing with an injury. Daniel Jones, he's just as talented. Why not Kirk? Why not Kirk? Kirk could be the big dog in there. Like, why why not Kirk? He should be looking down on everybody else. Why not Kirk? I mean, this is his chance. We talked about it with Justin Herbert. Like, the NFC, and I don't, you, you know what I mean. Like, obviously, the NFL is never easy, but this is as easy as it's ever gonna get. Like, the, I mean, okay, the two deepest teams, the two best teams, San Francisco and Philly, San Francisco starting a rookie at quarterback, and Philadelphia, yes, they're loaded, yes, they're talented, but they've never truly been on this stage. I mean, Jalen Hurts has one playoff game to his name. I'm, I, I, I'm contractually obligated to point out that Dak has played in more playoff games than Kirk Cousins, just for the <laughs> record. But, again, I mean, that applies to Dak Prescott, too. If not now, then when? Then when? There's no... There's no juggernaut in your way that you absolutely cannot beat. There's not this – it's not the AFC. You don't have to beat an all-pro candidate at quarterback to win every single game. 
it's wide open in the NFC. Kirk should feel that way. Dak should feel that way. Jalen Hurts should feel that way. Even Brock Purdy should feel that way, yeah. which is a weird thing to say. Shady, 2006 was the last time there were this few quarterbacks that had won Super Bowls in the playoffs. Yeah. 2006, the last time this few quarterbacks in the playoffs that had won Super Bowls. Why not Kirk? I like Kirk. I really do. Um, and I talked about the, the coaching. you got to put your players in, in position to win. So you, you just hit me with something. These are all rematches, right? Yep. What are the adjustments? Yeah. Yep. So we watch this game over and over again. What's, what's the difference now? Yeah. What you going to do different? Yeah. So that's the one thing about the coaching part that, that's big. Even with Kirk, like, how can we make this game easy yep. for him, simplify it for yep. him? And then you look at all the tape. What's the adjustments? And it's changing. That's going to be a good one. Real quick, it also comes down to players. We don't talk about that yeah. enough. But I mean, that, yeah, if you've gone against a guy before, you, Shady, yeah. you got to know, do I lean on his right and then box, yeah. take him inside yeah. as a linebacker? You got to know, is Shady have his mouthpiece out when he's pass protecting, mouthpiece in when he's getting the ball? This is the time mm. that players step up and they pay attention and coaches step up as well. I was tripping when I saw this. Jalen Ramsey, former All-Pro, I guess once an All-Pro, always an All-Pro cornerback. He tweeted out, Cryptically, it is what it is. It was what it was. Sounds like something Shady would say. If that was the end, I went out with a bang. Still that. Love. That is Jalen Ramsey. A little cryptic, 2 5. That does sound something like. Come what on. Get what out you, of there. What you making? Is he leaving? That's what it seems like. I got to ask him. It is what it is. I got to ask was. him. What's going on? You leaving? You staying? You got, can you get your, I'm get a, your, I'm get a, your I'm phone out? I'm highlighting. Now, you know keep I mean? in mind. My close sources. Shady sources. Shady sources. <laughs> I don't know if I trust Shady sources. Because Shady, Shady Source is like, it might be your uncle. It might be that one uncle. No, no, no. I'm going to the team. I'm going to the player. To the direct Come on, I don't, I listen, I don't, I don't half do it. I fully do it. Uh, also, if Shady's uncle's right, what difference does it make? Yeah, Source yeah. is Uncle B's, who, who you talking about? <laughs> Come on, Uncle, you know Uncle, Uncle Howie. Maybe you got the plug. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle B's? I definitely text Howie a couple times. Yo, what's, that's what I'm saying. What's going on with this right here, Howie? <laughs> Uncle Howie. <laughs> Uncle Howie. <laughs> Howie. <laughs> Now, look, that kept, uh, keep in mind the breaking news for the Rams earlier today. Sean McVay officially announced that he will return as the head coach. But that's small news compared to the big news because we got playoff talk right now. Brock Purdy and the Niners, they host the Seahawks tomorrow. Brock Purdy, the rookie out of Iowa State, has started the last five games for the 49ers. He has 13 touchdowns, only four interceptions. More importantly, the Niners are 5-0 and during that stretch. Former coach praised him, saying he reminds him of the Bay Area legend Joe Montana. <laughs> Clearly not by ring, just by poise. Oh, who said that? I, 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 don't I hope he's right. I, I got a lot of coins on that boy to speak in. I don't even want to say it. Now, Joy, let's put this all in context. Brock Purdy is a rookie, mm -hmm. but 13 touchdowns in his first five starts, four interceptions, and 5-0. and oh, That's not playing like a rookie. Yeah. Do you expect Brock Purdy in the playoffs, it is a different stage, to finally play like a rookie tomorrow? No. I, why? We've seen nothing but greatness from, greatness from Brock Purdy since he stepped on the field. And we're in Hollywood. You know, something like, you put the little pitch, little script together. This is be, this will be one they would throw out. Nah, nope. They're already. <laughs> a little too unrealistic. Already Brown, the yeah. last pick in the draft. Literally the yeah. last pick in the draft. Mr. Irrelevant. That's what they're going to call it. Yep. Mr. Irrelevant. The IR will be a little fading. He you know? does it again. Yes, I want all credit for this, by the way. Obviously, I'm not the first person to come up with this. I'm sure it's already being written. Since he's become the starter, they're 5-0, obviously. First in points. Per game differential, first in points per game, first in yards per play, first in turnover differential. He has more touchdown passes and a better passer rating in the NFL than anyone over that span. The rookie. 
So, no, I don't expect it this weekend. Like We're going to see dad. how it goes. You are. You are. <laughs> Gas him up. Look, I didn't, I didn't, I needed, not to say I didn't believe it. I needed some time. Yeah. You know, I, I am not the, I wasn't going to go with the faith by feeling. What yeah. is it? Faith is not, I'm a mom of which is, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 church people, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I need to see it. I need the evidence, all right? <laughs> I need to see it happen. And I saw it. I'm, I'm a believer now. I'm oh, he made her a believer. 2-5, you expect to see rookie Brock Purdy tomorrow? Not yet. Think with your heart, not your pocketbook. I, I, I don't think that the Seahawks team and defense is, is that good to give him fits. Mm. No, no, no. Let's pray for your, your sake that they don't see my Philadelphia Eagles. Because if he sees them, oh, my God, we see some picks. We will see some picks. I think it's a good team, though. Like, this is why I don't really value Jimmy G so high. Okay. You could put – I don't want to say this, but you, can't put, you could put anybody back there. The last player in the draft that started for the, the, the Niners and they're winning games. Listen to how that sounds. Mr. Irrelevant is like the starting quarterback. We're calling him great. Mm-hmm. They're comparing this guy to, to Joe, Joe Montana. Montana. So that just shows you how well and how good that team is. You're coached very well, Kyle Shanahan. And then look at the defense. Defense is locking everything up. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they're running the ball. They got, they got, they got CMC. Mm-hmm. They, got, they got Debo's coming back. They got Kittle. That team is legit. So, yes, for, for a rookie, he's doing very, very well. But your supporting cast is everything. And them boys is balling. How many Niners got named all pro today? Seriously. <laughs> Defensively, they had three no. on the first team alone. And how about offense? Offensively, they had George Kittle. I believe Trent Williams Trent made may it. have been second team. Uh, Come on, man. Yeah, like, they got half the damn – there's 22 players on the team, and six of them are Niners? Bang, bang. Come on. Bang, bang. I do think there's a team – I do think there is a team that can make Brock Purdy look like a rookie at some point, whether it's the Eagles later in the NFC playoffs. The first team name, he knew it. Yeah, he knew it. They're the best – Team in the NFC. See, That's we not wanna, controversial. When he want to keep it 100 and keep it real, he does it from time to time. I, I just wish I'd seen it Wait, more. What stops him from doing it, though? I always do. I mean, it's like, you don't know. Don't do that, Acho. Jerry, don't, Dave, don't Helmet. Do it's like he got like 30% hate in his blood. It's you know what I mean? True. Is that true? Have you got to take a DNA test lately? I've never, I've never hated in my life. I only speak facts. A positive. That's why oh, the only hate. time, the only time that it gets contentious on this set is when a certain guy wearing number four comes up because somebody's got to speak the real. What? And people don't like it. People don't like it. Stay on subject. Let's we're stay losing, on test. We're losing. We're losing. We're getting off track. Let me here. get us on track. Let me track. get us on track. Um, is it fair for me to say that, like, I do expect to see rookie Brock Purdy, but that's not necessarily the indictment that the whole world thinks it is. When I think about rookies in this day and age of football, we talked about it a little while ago. What did rookie Justin Herbert do? Throw 35 touchdown passes. What did rookie Joe Burrow do? Have multiple 400-yard games. What did rookie Lamar Jackson do? Go in and win six out of seven and take his team to the playoffs. We've seen rookies in this day and age, like, actually be good. This isn't like the olden days. If you have a good head coach, we've seen young quarterbacks as rookies, like, be good. Brock Purdy, as many touchdowns as he's had, 13 in those five games, I've seen him make some bad plays. We don't talk about it because the Niners are winning, but, like, I've seen him overthrow screens. It's the playoffs. But he still yeah, wins. It's, it's the playoffs. It's just, you you, you, you see Lamar in the playoffs against the Chargers? Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. I've never seen an MVP. Against the Titans. No, Chargers. He, he struggled against the Chargers the year before that, before he won MVP. Remember? Oh, yeah, that was the first year. He was a rookie. It was ugly. Ironically. I didn't, I didn't see an MVP coming after that. Like, oh, man. Oh. So it takes time. Fair. It's going to be one game, Joey Taylor, where he's going to be a rookie. Hopefully it's not this game. But what's that look like to you? See, like multiple picks? Multiple picks, confusion in coverage, 
hold them on extra long. We're saying rookie for yeah. a reason. Like, being rattled. Yeah, being Come rattled. On. Rookie means making bad decisions. I don't on I, the road. Yeah. All that like, like, yeah. I, I think that even if Brock Purdy throws that pick, because you referenced his worst game was a Raiders game, and his Raiders right. game he wasn't clean. I just don't know that it will matter. We're only going to well, speak that's of him being a conversation. Cor- if, if, if the team can overcome it, that's one thing. Yes. We're not talking about the team. I don't anticipate the rest of the team falling apart. Even if the defense has a, a down game, depends on who they're playing, it might not matter. But don't, but don't, right there. So let's say they have that type of game against the Eagles like yep. they did against the, the yep. Raiders. No, no, no. So they, you see what I'm saying? But that, that he, here's my thought. Get tricky. My thought is the only reason we're praising Brock Purdy to this degree is because of what? Because they're winning. Yeah. They're like, winning. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted. Brock Purdy against the Washington Commanders and against the Raiders was not great. But they're winning. So we're going to ignore the playoffs, that. Though. No, no. I, what I'm saying is if Brock Purdy doesn't play great against the Seahawks, but they win, we're still going to be like, oh, snap, Brock yeah, Purdy. Yeah, because he didn't, didn't play bad enough for them to, to, to lose. lose. And that's what we're talking about with rookies. In NFL history, a rookie quarterback has never led a team to a Super Bowl. Appearance. Oh, so you, y'all think that, like, for him to play like a rookie, he would have to play bad enough for them to lose. Correct. Oh, I don't know. That's going to happen. Or, 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 bad enough, or bad enough to put them in a position where it, it's going to take some other miracle play by somebody don't else. Don't you think that happened against the Raiders? Remember, that game went into overtime with Jared Stidham. No, they scored 34 points. That, no, I don't think that's the same. Thank that, you. It's not the same. That's my thing. And that's what I, when you say rookie, okay, you can talk about turnovers and mistakes. A rookie, playing like a rookie is when the opposition puts it on you to win the game, and you can't That's it. There you go, Dave Hellman. That That's sure. it. But right there. But I don't think – Defense gave up points, yeah. and now we need you to go out there and score. Yes. Yeah. But yes. we've never seen a Kyle Shanahan-led team make the, uh, make, it, make the quarterback have to do it. Even in the playoffs against the Chiefs, you knew what it was. Jimmy G didn't ha- – he had to make one throw. He had to make one throw. But that wasn't what the Chiefs stopped him from doing. That's just Jimmy G didn't make that – one throw. Like, I don't know if Purdy will ever play so bad oh, that the that's, Niners can't. I think there's only three or four teams that can. But I'm going to say, if they have to put the game in his hands, that's what I'm saying. Not that it's that bad, but what if the defense doesn't play, they're not playing well. They've been playing great all year. They might have a game where they're not playing well. It happens. You're mm-hmm. getting bull crap flags, you know, that, them type of games. And now all the pressure's on the rookie. That's when a rookie's going to be a rookie. But talk to me. You talk about we Doug, can't run. We're not running the ball well. But you it love, happens. You love Doug Peterson, coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars, That's right. former That's coach right. for the Eagles. You know Doug Peterson does better than anybody else. And Kyle Shanahan, I think, will do the same. Okay. Hey, ball out quick. We're going to run screens. We're going to run reverses. We're going to, like, I don't know if, 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 if the quarterback, Brock Purdy, is ever going to now, have now, the game Now, now watch hands. this. Now, against the Titans, the Jaguars, everything you talked about, mm-hmm. they praise uh, Trevor Lawrence. He's doing great. Soon they stopped them screens, all them little quick passes, and he wasn't completing passes that he had to. The defense was, was playing solid but letting some stuff up. How did he get back in that game? It wasn't Trevor Lawrence. Not defense. It was a strict fumble, defense. strict fumble, touchdown. Pick and a pick before So him. what happens when you're not – that's what I'm saying. When it's yep. that type of game and the defense is not balling, it's going to be on your shoulders, Rook. Understood, understood. Well, thankfully for the Niners. Well, hopefully not have, this game. They have three first-team all-pros. Not this game. Oh, say that, say that. Not this game. Not this game. Not going to win. Not going to win. Come on. Oh. Well, you don't have to knock that loud. You're going to break the desk. Anyway, um, transitioning to much more serious news off the field and out of football. Dana White had some shocking comments when asked if he expected to be punished for the altercation with his wife that was unfortunately caught on camera. We'll tell you if we have an issue with the UFC president and our thoughts on this story next. UFC President Dana White is under heavy scrutiny following 
a domestic violence incident with his wife. Now look, when asked if he expects any punishment for the physical altercation, White said, quote, me leaving hurts the company, hurts my employees, hurts the fighters. It doesn't hurt me, close quote. Um, if I may, Joy, we had several conversations about this last night, trying to figure out how did Dana White deem it appropriate, responsible, or at all reasonable to say these comments? Like, I have never heard a more narcissistic and obtuse train of thought in my life than Dana White coming out and saying, you know, it hurts the fighters, it hurts the company, but how does it hurt me? Dana White, you are the president of a billion-dollar organization. You are held thus to a higher degree of public responsibility because you are a public-facing figure. But here is my biggest issue with this Dana White incident, and I have several. I believe that my biggest is we hold people in positions of power, particularly in sports, to a lesser degree than we hold the employees. This Dana White incident, so you're telling me if this would have happened to one of the UFC fighters, there would not have been a reprimand, there would not have been a punishment? Of course there would have been. I think about the incident with Kyrie Irving. We didn't hold Jeff Bezos to the same degree of culpability, even though the Kyrie Irving incident was because Jeff Bezos and his site allows it. Why in sports are we allowing a figure like Dana White to call his own shot? to call his own punishment. Where are the checks and balances? And furthermore, Dana White, how can you be so blind to not accepting the responsibility given the fact that this whole situation was on camera? It is too dense for me to understand. So Joy, maybe you can help me understand it. What is your reaction to the Dana White situation? I mean, I'll, I'll do my best. The answer is we don't hold him accountable. He's the president. He's not the sole 100% owner of UFC. He's not even the majority owner of, U of UFC. The reported amount of UFC that he owns is around 9%, and that was 2016. This is a publicly traded company. This is, this is publicly owned. This is a billion-dollar organization. He's not like a dictator running this whole thing. He's the president. He makes all the decisions, of course, but there is a board of directors for the company that owns the majority of UFC. Right. It's not as simple as... Dana calls all the shots. So there are people that could hold Dana responsible for this. It's, it's up to them to do it. But you are right. We hold players and we hold fighters. We hold the athletes to a higher level of responsibility than we do the owners or the faces of the league in this situation, the faces of the organization. But the answer for that lies in everything in life. They have more power. And we don't go to see Dana White. We go to see the fighters. We don't go to see Adam Silver. We don't go to see the owner of, of any team. We go, well, maybe Jerry, but we, <laughs> we, we go to see the players. So they're the front, they are the most front-facing figures in sports. And that's why they're held to that level of accountability, because they're the ones that we react to. And if Dana steps away, UFC is going to go on. What he's saying, does, that, that's nonsense. It, it, right. there, if your, the structure of your, your billion-dollar organization is that fragile that Dana couldn't step away for 30 days and the whole thing would fall apart, I have many questions, many, many yeah. questions. That's just not reasonable. I mean, when this happens, and to, to be clear, for those of you who don't know, I, I, I have extensive experience with domestic violence and abuse. So I'm, I'm not going to go into it all right now. We don't have a lot of time. You can look it up. Whatever, I'm not speaking from an uneducated place. But she struck him. We all saw the video. She struck him and he retaliated. This is a, a, a situation, a toxic relationship situation. They need therapy and whatever, time apart. Clearly there was alcohol involved. They both admitted it. 
You are, but she's not the face of UFC. So we can hold her accountable as much as we want to. That's his wife. That's going to sort, they're going to sort that out within their home. As far as UFC goes, you're held to a higher level of responsibility because you're the boss. That's how it goes. More money, more problems. That's how it goes. You set the tone for the rest of the organization. I thought his comments were, they were hard to absorb because being defiant after something like that is just something I cannot process. And it's not about canceling someone. It's about accountability. I realize it's much easier to go through life assuming that there are no consequences for any of your actions. I don't know what that is. I don't know who told you that. I can't really comprehend thinking that way. We all make mistakes. I have made plenty. I will make more. And I hope that I'll be given grace when I do make those mistakes. But what I won't ever do is not be accountable for those mistakes because that is insane to me. If I did something to hurt any of you and you told me that, I wouldn't tell you anything other than I'm sorry. We could have a conversation about it, but that's what accountability is. And when you're the face of an organization, that's the base level of what you should be asking for. And don't say that that press conference was accountability. He literally said, my punishment is that people will judge me. After saying he doesn't care what anyone thinks about him. Right. You can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. Take accountability. It's fine. Say you're sorry. You be I. And we can move forward. But that's just not what happened. The crazy thing to me, I've been thinking about this. So, you know, I saw the video however many days ago. I'm an NFL reporter. UFC is like on the fringe of my, I don't, you know, I don't follow it closely. And I remember specifically thinking, well, this, this is a terrible look. I don't care. You know, alcohol is involved. She struck him. I get it. At the end of the day, it's a terrible look. You shouldn't put your hands on a woman. This is bad. And I, but I remember thinking, he is UFC. And so as problematic or as unfortunate as it might be, nothing's probably going to happen to him. That's just my cynical thoughts to myself. And then like two days later, he basically said that. Like he basically came out and was like, I'm UFC and nothing's going to happen to me. Like the worst thing that's going to come out of this is people might think less of me, but ultimately that doesn't affect me at all. And I was, I was like blown away. Like it's, I think it's, it's one thing for me to privately think that cynically in my own thoughts and then have him get up in front of everyone and say the same thing that I thought to myself. It's crazy. It's brazen. It's narcissistic. It displays a total lack of accountability, like however many ways you want to take it. But it suggests something is drastically wrong with the way UFC is structured and the way they do things, that that is what he would think and be willing to say out loud. I mean, that's that's wild to me. Yeah, I think he should apologize from the start. Even with the press conference, right? You should have just went out there and apologize. I think the way he was, it was trying, he's trying to smooth it over, the way he was talking about it and, he, and saying how, you know, what's my punishment? What's it going to be, 30 days, 60 days? What would that do for, for, for the brand? So I, I didn't like that part. Um, and then even just like him and his wife, I think the answer should be more, there should be a punishment. I don't know if it's 30 days or 60 days, wherever it is, maybe a fine like you talked about. But him and his wife, should, 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 they should make that public how they're getting help for each other. So this won't happen again. And then... The one thing that touched me, because I have children, and you guys don't have kids, right? And he talked about one of the punishments that if you don't have kids, you might not understand, where people can look at you a certain way and judge you, but then when your kids see something like that and they hear about it here in school, and now every day when you come home, you're their father. So to deal with that, like, looking at, you know, my father and a domestic eyesight, eyelids, like, oh, wow, look at my dad, he hits my mom, et cetera. So that can really harm you inside so I kind of felt them there you know that's that's something that 
that no courts, no cops can, can give you. But your kids can, can, can give you that. You know, and that's what you have to deal with. So I, I felt him there. I just felt like if he, he should apologize in a, in a different way, in a better fashion. You know, show that you're really sorry. Make it genuine. It didn't look genuine. But the only part that I felt was genuine when he spoke about his children. And that, 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 that fatherhood with your children. You know, if I do something to you, I'm sorry. You know, we can make that right. But if I do something that my kids know about it and they look at me as their father, some kids, listen, parents can be as bad as they want, right? The, that kid will always love their parents. So I felt him on that. I just hope that, you know, he, he does serve some type of punishment, which he, might, he probably won't. I mean, he's the president. It's not fair. Life ain't fair. But he is the president. He's not the player. He's not the fighter. NFL, right, if a player does something, they're going to face consequences. Who knows if, if different owners may, you know, so. Yeah, I think Dana White, uh, obviously, you have to figure situations out for yourself, but UFC definitely does as well. Uh, more speak. We will get to that and more on the playoffs after this. Coming up next. <laughs> we all live two lives. Let's check in on our social life. Clarence Hill, he had a tweet. He's a Cowboys beat writer. Only 10, day, only 10 guys on the Cowboys were alive the last time the franchise won a road playoff game in 1992 at San Francisco. Head coach Mike McCarthy showed the team their baby pictures to make the point that this team has nothing to do with the burden of the past playoff failures. Dave Hellman, very quickly. You agree? I mean, doesn't that seem more mean than anything? They're like, this is how long it's been. I don't know. It's Whatever helps, but I, it seemed mean to me. I don't know. I don't know. Did they lose last year? They sure did. They did that team they lost did, they did. the wild card Yo, last thanks year. for hanging with us. It'll be a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Peace. Time to pop some bottles.